0: You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The statement I'm finally ready to make about this Suns team here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. You can follow our show on Twitter and on Instagram at Locked On PHX Suns, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Clean fourteen. Coming to you just about an hour or two after the Suns' one twenty four to one twenty one loss to the Charlotte Hornets, I, as always, will bring you the big moments, the big stretches that defined this game. We'll look at the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, actually, the second quarter when the Hornets got a little bit back into this one. And then the fourth quarter when things went haywire and eventually ended with Charlotte getting a W. But uh, we'll also dive into some of the positives from the game. Don't want to leave those out. And then, of course, in the final segment, we will dive into I have a new I have a new segment for you and also a little bit on Mikhail Bridges tonight and the breakout that maybe isn't getting appreciated enough. We'll have that to close the show, but let's dive into the stretches that defined this game. And as I said, the Suns uh, went up early, pretty big, and then Charlotte already was creeping back in. In the first quarter, Um, got it within four to close that, and the Suns were actually up eleven at one point in the first quarter. But then in the second quarter, they go up sixteen points on a Cameron Johnson layup with about six o. Well, not not about exactly six o two remaining. I'm looking at the play by play here. Then what you had happen was. Malik Monk went absolutely off and started making every jump shot in sight, started getting to the basket even. And uh, the Suns, who for two years now, I just have a, probably because of their youth, have a team that when players get hot, they're usually a little bit slow to the realization that they need to check that player and maybe devote a little bit more defensive attention to those players than anyone else and to maybe overdo it if that's what it takes. So we saw monk made a, a three to bring the well rogier actually hit a, a jumper monk had just hit two free throws so the score was already within 13 monk actually gets it back within 10 with a three with five minutes ago makes another jumper with four and a half and the next possession another three score the lead down to nine uh, a couple minutes later, a dunk, then another three with three minutes to go brings the lead within six, gets to the free throw line again, and then another three-pointer to bring the lead within four. That would be uh, the margin at the half uh, until a Rogier three brought it within one. So you just see, um, I feel like the Rogier stuff, I don't remember being as dangerous yeah Rozier was 3 of 11 from the field for just 10 points so not something you need to worry about right but uh, Malik Monk especially in that moment like the overall numbers as he tends to be with how reliant he is on the jump shot it doesn't get to the line doesn't necessarily play make all that much it's going to be feast or famine and he's been playing better this year but you need to pay attention to a player like that when he gets hot and the Suns did not do that Malik Monk finishes with 29 points to lead Charlotte and the game really swung there because that was an opportunity for the Suns to put it away completely. Good night, Hornets. This one's over. And they didn't do that. And I think that this Hornets team is really good. I was saying that on Twitter all day leading into it. This is not a team to be underestimated. They can put up points in a hurry when they are healthy. They are healthy now. Gordon Hayward had missed a bit of time, Cody Zeller. Missed a lot of games to start the season. LaMelo Ball is in the starting lineup now. So no Devontae Graham still. But apart from that, they are just about fully healthy. And so that's uh, it's an issue when you don't check the player that you need to. And they have so much talent and smarts and shooting on this team that it just can pile on in a hurry. And that's what we saw. The Suns only were up 67 to 61 heading into the half. And it really could have been over at that point. They're up 16. If they keep their foot on the gas, they can go up into this third quarter up 20, 25 points and instead just up one. So that was clearly a defining stretch of the game. But I also wanted to get into the very, very, very end of things. Um, 5.51 remaining. Suns were down seven. And we saw Rozier come in. We saw Miles Bridges come in. And the Hornets really played small. Um, They basically had Miles Bridges in at center for a a little bit. They had Biombo in at center for a little bit. They had P.J. Washington in. But it was a lot of wings on the floor, a lot of shooting on the floor. And LaMelo Ball really just took over. Um, There's not much of a better way to put that. He deconstructed this Suns defense, and we saw again and again, we'll see it, We'll talk about it later, the defense and some of the problems that continue to creep up. I don't want to be too negative tonight, because again, they lost by three points to a great offense. It's something that happens. I don't think it's anything to fall apart about. And I think, Suns fans, I appreciate you guys handling this one a little bit better than some of the others, but it's a problem when uh the same types of problems. Well, it's a problem when the same types of problems. It's the issue here is that when the Suns face these types of players, oftentimes those guys do the same things to the Suns. And what I mean by that is the Suns give up switches too easy and they don't have help on the back end to make that happen. Those things are, are just facts. And on top of that, lately, particularly maybe the past two weeks, we've seen DeAndre Ayton unable to do what he has previously done, defending on the perimeter. So you add it all up, and it's just a recipe for somebody like Lamelo Ball to really do some damage, and we saw that. And so think back to James Harden, same type of thing. Um, even the Nuggets, I would say, are fairly similar in in the two games we saw back to back at the end of January. So these guys have done this to the suns repeatedly and and he did it again him being ball this time around so let's fast forward a bit what ball was doing was just getting deandre ayton or when ayton was pulled from the game and monty went to jay crowder at center it didn't even matter then and ball still was getting the switch on crowder getting to the rim no help pretty easy shots whether it was layups for himself or dishing it out to his teammates so that all was going on Chris Paul though still makes a jump shot to bring the Suns within two points Charlotte had actually taken the lead by the fourth quarter just to fill fill in that gap but the Suns get within two on that shot Booker gets a fast break dunk 110 110 tie game new game everything's fresh right But uh, this was a play that I think a lot of people, Steve Jones, who does the Dunker Spot podcast with our recent guest, Nakias Duncan, who's been on our show before, Um, Zach Cohen, who I know through Forbes, a lot of people pointed out this moment, uh, Jackson Frank, just to paint the picture of how impressive this play was, LaMelo Ball, um, after Booker makes that dunk, grabs the ball, takes it out of the net, pierces the defense, sprints up the floor, alley-oop. For Miles Bridges. Um, Really, really impressive poise from ball, but really disappointing from the Suns' defensive perspective that they were not able to corral, uh, to keep the engagement up in a moment like that after they had such a momentum play to take the lead. So you saw Bridges uh, get that dunk, Booker turns it over, Bridges makes a three, and then ball gets to the basket for a dunk off of a DeAndre Ayton switch. That prompts Crowder to come or Monty to put Crowder in for DeAndre Ayton. Then we just got into a bunch of craziness. Um, We got an and one from Booker there. We saw um, will they, won't they foul game sort of stuff at the end. The Suns making shots. Booker made uh, an and one three that got challenged. Him and lead official David Guthrie just going at it all game long. Mikhail Bridges gets to the free throw line. At one point when the Suns are in the bonus, and it's, you know, are they going to miss the free throw intentionally? He actually tries to make it. It misses. Then we have Chris Paul get to the line. He misses the second free throw. Dario Scharch gets a hand on the ball, but it ends up being Suns ball. So they're down three, 124, 121, 0.8 seconds left. Booker gets a decent look at it, and Gordon Hayward smacks him on the wrist, not called, and... Chris Paul said it'll show up on the, the last two minutes report that the league releases from the referees. Uh, I have to agree. Devin Booker said all you have to do is look at the replay. Um, it's fairly obvious that, that Hayward got a lot of arm there. Now, you still have to make all three of those free throws to even get it to overtime, but considering what a clutch shot maker Booker is, you would expect that he would uh, at least have had a good shot at making all of those. And none of it happened because Hayward uh, was not called for that foul. Monty Williams' perspective, as you'd expect from a coach, they should never have been in that spot. And I think that second quarter stretch shows exactly that. If they put their their foot on the gas there, end the game, they can be in a situation not unlike Portland on Monday, where this the starters are on the bench the whole fourth quarter. But They let him back in, Malik Monk gets hot, and the rest is history. More on the positives from the game, but first, betonline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It makes sports more fun, it makes rooting for sports more fun, I think we all know that. So even though the Super Bowl is over, every night there's something. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, all in full swing, MLB, not too far around the corner. Even the Masters, just about... Six weeks away or so, one of my favorite times of year, Jim Nance, the whole nine. It's fun stuff. There's real-time, updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine in the sports world. So head over to Bet Online, place a bet on any new scores or odds that you would like, and best of all, free to sign up. Like I said, head to the website, BetOnline.ag, download their mobile app, whatever you'd like. Sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first Deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit at BetOnline.ag to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Before we get into the positives of today's show, make sure that you listen and are listening every day to Locked On today, our new general sports show. Twenty. 20- or less minutes every single day with our host Peter Bukowski, getting you ready for highlights, big plays, scores, storylines, everything from the past day in sports and what's to come that day. If you check it out on Thursday when you're listening to this, you will hear my voice talking about Booker's All Star snub, which ended well when he was named as a replacement for Anthony Davis and. More on this Suns team. So, great stuff every day. If you listen on Thursday, you get me as well. Which, hopefully, if you're here, you like You like that I talk about the Suns, I, I would hope. Anyway, positives from this game. And there are many. Speaking of the snub that Booker suffered for about 24 hours, uh, this guy went off. He had an incredible offensive game. Another immense fourth quarter I think he had 18 was being defended uh, by a motley crew of guys this is not a team that has a booker stopper so he was able to get going quickly early and ended with 33 points on 13 to 24 shooting 4 of 10 from 3 Um, I will point out that he had five turnovers and that's been not the case for quite a while at this point um, the turnover stuff seemed to have been solved, but the Hornets going small, I think. The end of the game where they're down and frustrated, I think he's pressing. He had an offensive foul at one point. Some little things that I don't think are some skies falling indication, but at the same time uh, contributed to the mistake-filled night that we saw from Phoenix. And so, worth pointing out, but as I said, a, a huge positive and uh booker's shot making just continues to be really really impressive he's getting his offense from everywhere on the floor right now he's leaking out in transition we saw a lot of those finishes tonight that is one of the things i've been harping on all year just an easy way for him to get points to get in rhythm and all the rest so uh, good stuff from from devin booker i also wanted to highlight um just the i guess the I think Monty Williams maybe made some mistakes here, but I also think that we're seeing as the season goes along. And I think this team learns itself that the coaching staff is more eager and able to play the matchups. I think more aggressively, like we've been talking all season about how this team's entering every game legitimately trying to win and how that has impacted the decision-making like Think to the Nets game where they're without Kyrie and Kevin Durant and Monty still changes the starting lineup for what ended up just being a one-off game, putting Jay Crowder in there. Like that's an example of, of what I'm talking about here. And we saw it a lot tonight. And I think we'll get into some of the mistakes about the, how the defense sort of collapsed a little bit and, and why that might've been the case. But at the same time, the... The hustle so to speak is admirable here from the coaching staff where we can see a night where you know cam johnson has been lingering on the edge of the rotation for a bit not as if he's not going to play but getting less minutes and a little bit of a lesser role we know monty williams wants cam johnson to impact the game in more ways than just his shooting and so when he doesn't do that it becomes pretty hard to play him and i think that's what we had seen for a bit, but Cam plays 30 minutes tonight because they need the shooting. They need to keep pace with the ridiculous Hornets offense, and so Cam Johnson's on the floor a lot. Um, we see Campaign, who just didn't have much effectiveness when he was on the floor. Yes, four assists, but not much scoring, and what they really need from him is to get into the paint and make stuff happen. He wasn't really doing that, didn't really have much of a great game on Monday, so he played just 10 minutes each one more just 10 minutes so even though devin Booker had some foul trouble which forced him to leave the court in the um third quarter it was still uh just more size more shooting and they have the pieces to do that and Monty Williams has the confidence in himself and his t- and his players to do stuff like that so I I don't know if I'm putting it in a perfect way because tonight the results didn't necessarily match it but I think there have been a lot of times where we have seen Monty play things conservatively default to playing too big at times which we did see for a maybe a moment too long tonight with Dario and Aiden both in there but he, he pivoted quickly I think we're just seeing some of the old-fashioned habits that maybe a lot of us have observed from Monty since he took over Uh, running away a little bit and and fading away a little bit where they are able to mix and match and and play to the moment play to the opponent a little bit better they're not trying so hard to build up guys at the end of the rotation which we saw a lot last year or develop rookies Jalen Smith's not even in the state right now all of that stuff is leading to a, a situation where When Charlotte or some other team has the Suns up against the ropes, they can actually punch back a little bit, and a lot of that has come in the form of the rotation and and some different stuff there, some different lineups. So we'll get into more of it and why it didn't necessarily work results-wise tonight, but I did want to highlight that as a positive. Before we break down our final segments, Bridges Breakout Watch, I want to just discuss the defense a little bit, so that'll be a new one. I want to tell you guys about Rock Otto. As we get toward the summer, I know a lot of you are dreading what it might take for you to maintain your cars, but stay at it because the point of doing it yourself is to save money that you can use on other stuff, and I know a lot of us are going to be wanting to travel, get out, go out, do the fun stuff we have not been able to do, so stick with it, but the best part is that Rock Auto is here to help you out. Rock Auto does not charge a different price for a do-it-yourselfer like you and I than they do a professional mechanic. It's the same for everybody and reliably low. Rock Auto doesn't change based on what the market will do or how to make the most money off of you. And best of all, they do not even require a membership or login. So you just go to the website, scan the parts for your car or truck, whether that's a tail lamp, motor oil, or even new carpet whether it's a car or a truck, a classic or a daily driver, anything you need, scan the catalog, check out and save a ton of money. That's it. That's all you have to do. Best of all, one more time, prices reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, check it all out, see the parts available for your car, or truck and right locked on. In there, how did you hear about us? box at checkout so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Before we get into the rest of today's show, wanted to remind you to check out More Than the Game. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents more than the game this week we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month first a discussion on protests and sports across all sports leagues then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports what's been achieved and the important work left to be done all in discussion on the locked on presents podcast feed subscribe to that feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts but let's break into our usual recap show segments here first of all Bridges breakout watch is one that we've done, and it's been a quiet one. I haven't done it in a while because uh, you think back to that 34-point game that Mikael Bridges had early in the season, that feels like a distant memory right now. It's just not been as much of a focus of this offense while we've seen the Paul and Booker partnership blossom to have somebody like Bridges, or for that matter, even DeAndre Ayton. It's been basically Chris Paul, Devin Booker creating and three-point shooting, and occasionally some finishes around the bucket for the likes of DeAndre Ayton or Dario Saric. So, Mikhail Bridges' scoring has been pretty quiet. Twelve points tonight, four of nine shooting from the field, two of five from three. Had a couple admirable uh, attacks, got a foul, almost an and-one at one point, and... Continues to be confident, I think, attacking closeouts when he needs to, just those opportunities aren't coming very often because most of the shots are coming from Booker and from Paul. So, you know, I think there's some opportunities maybe for Bridges to cherry pick and transition a bit to you know, maybe take the opportunity to run a quick pick and roll from the side. We saw a lot of that early in the season just not happening right now. It's not a bad thing. They've been winning a ton, so it's not something you want to shuffle the deck too much with, but I think they'll need a little bit more of that release valve in the playoffs, and so seeing it tonight, uh, or more often in general, would have been good. I think what I want to focus on more with Bridges right now is the defense, and more specifically, why we didn't see more defensively from him tonight and to take it a step further it's not even on him Bridges is the best perimeter defender on this team I think without a doubt but instead of him matching up on LaMelo Ball and I get like it's hard to say that you should do that because Gordon Hayward who I think Bridges spent most of his time on tonight was right there as well and if he made some more of his threes tonight I think we'd be talking about him as the guy who really torched the Suns he was 20 points on 17 shot attempts but missed all five of his threes so having bridges on him you know you want that but especially late in the game and I was just talking about the versatility of the squad um, you want to adjust and bridges probably needs to have been on ball in that moment because particularly with what ball was how he was doing it which was beating his guy off the dribble not with explosive athleticism or any of that stuff but just angles quickness he does have a good first step but not you know like I don't know Damian Lillard it's it's not that type of thing it's just his size and his mobility just help him get get past his his man if bridges is out there i think the result's different because a i don't think they give up the switch quite so easily and b i don't think that uh bridges allows that penetration the same way that we saw ayton or crowder doing and so that would have been something i i just would have it's not even that i think we should have i just thought we would see bridges do that i mean he just just defended Damian Lillard on Monday who is far more explosive and you would think would have been a far worse matchup for for Bridges and and yet Lillard did was not very good for you know his standard and so uh, that's that's it, it's a question to me of, of why it, it played out that way I get that there were a lot of ways they could have beat you but Hayward was just not much of a big factor in, in late in that game whereas ball was so rather than going super small with Crowder at the five or Any of the different variations that we saw, it just feels to me like it would have made a lot more sense to have bridges uh, at the point of attack. Just late in that game, just to try something different. If it saves you a bucket or two, then that could be the difference in a three-point game. Which brings me to the broader point, the defense. And I want to just maybe call it like defensive film study, Suns defensive film study. I don't know. You guys can't see this, but I think I can walk you through a lot of what was going on, which is just mostly... That the Suns continue to give up switches like they're, you know, free water at some sort of Valley concert. These guys don't fight it at all. And, you know, Steve Jones, who I mentioned a moment ago from the Dunker Spot podcast, a longtime NBA scout and assistant coach. um, He had a video of this where Cam Johnson just goes on to LaMelo ball in a fourth quarter possession simply because the Hornets showed the facade of a switch, Johnson can't defend LaMelo Ball. I mean, that's not any knock on Cam Johnson. That's just far from the matchup that you want late in a game. And rather than get get out of that switch, double-team LaMelo Ball, um, any of those options, they basically just, okay, you know, let's, let's do it straight up. And how many times did we see James Harden torch that? It's not only because the Suns just don't have a lot of guys who are capable in those matchups, it's not the death lineup warriors, the Suns are effective when they do things very specifically on defense, you know, even when they're switching, there's a a way to do that that's effective, and late in clock, similarly sized guys, yes, Cam is similarly sized to ball, so they did that one, Um, and make it an effort. For the opposing team. Make ball work for that. Make him have to dribble out more time on the clock. Make him have to get out of position, dribble far away from the screen to really make the switch need to happen. The Suns just give him up. And worse than that, I mentioned in my recap of that Nets game that the most disappointing defensive possession for the Nets or for the Suns against the Nets, maybe more than anything, was the dunk that DeAndre Jordan had in that fourth quarter, if you guys remember. He was just in the dunker spot in that right block. Harden got into the defense. And Harden didn't even have to finish that play because Ayton wasn't in position at at the the help spot. And Jordan just got a, a wide open dunk. And those are the plays we saw another one um from I believe Miles Bridges in this fourth quarter. He he got a dunk off of a similar play. And yeah, a lot of it this time was ball getting to the line or getting to the the bucket. I also think we saw a lot of dishing out for three pointers. A lot of that to me, like you look at the numbers overall, Charlotte was 36% from deep, but it felt like they made a lot of the lucky ones that they really needed. Like Miles Bridges hitting a big three. That's something you probably live with. Uh, Terry Rogier hit one in that second quarter run that I was talking about. Even Ball hit a couple that were tough. Those were not dish and drive and kick but those were still threes you can live with so i wouldn't be sweating that it's mostly that help at the rim that they just can't seem to get the hang of and i think the thing i i i tease at the very beginning of the show that is where i'm coming down right now is they need a they need another option at the four spot And Larry Nance is the obvious guy. I think every team in the league could be better if they had Larry Nance. He's just so, so good defensively. Versatile. Just about everything you would want. Smart passer. um, Was leading the league in steals for a while. Like, that's probably a very tall order for the Suns to get a player like that. I I don't anticipate that happening. They don't have a lot of assets to deal with. Thad Young, also going to be highly sought after. the The Bulls are actually... Making a playoff push right now as well, so they might not even be sellers. So um, I don't know what the solution is. It might not be something they can solve right now, and they are a really, really good team without it. But when you look at what happens on those possessions, it's DeAndre Ayton switched out on the perimeter, lamella ball. I don't love the 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 process to get to that point, as I just went over. But that's that's what they were giving up. That was the game plan. Monty said well, we went to switch everything later on. It was Crowder. It is what it is. The issue is that who is there to help at the back line? And I'm not saying Kelly Oubre made the defense better. As the results show, they've been a better defense this year. He's not on the team anymore. But a player like that, who at least can make an athletic play at the rim to protect the rim, dissuade driving scorers, do something there, is so important to a defense and something the Suns just don't have. Even if it's Ayton out there, Crowder. And Bridges, Bridges actually was doing a lot better with this early in the season. He actually was making some of those plays. He made another one tonight getting a steal. He didn't even have to jump. He stripped the player. I think working on Bridges being in that position could be useful, but then you run into the problem of, I was just making the argument that Bridges should have been defending ball, and he's out there on the perimeter a lot of the time, and that prevents him from getting um, at the rim to help. So it's a little bit of of a domino effect. If it's not Bridges, it's often Crowder, but Crowder's like like six, 6'6 six or 6'7, six, not long at all, not really much of a jumping, leaping type of athlete. So it doesn't have an obvious solution outside of getting a new player like that via trade. And there are some options. I think, fortunately, Jalen Smith projects as potentially a type of player who could do some of that, not this season, but in the future. So we'll have to see. Uh, but that's where I am. I, I think I've I've gotten there. So many times it was a thought that I had, and I think I talked about after the the loss to the Pelicans in January on TNT, that blowout loss, that very bizarre loss where they won pretty much every game on either side of it, but that one really stuck out. It was the same type of thing. When you have Aiton defending Zion Williamson, for instance, who's helping at the basket? They only have one rim protector on this entire team, and that is an issue. And it poses a problem when you're trying to switch poses a problem even when you're trying to do drop coverage like the Suns normally do because if Aiton's dropping and the guy beats him or has the angle on him or maybe there's a cutter or whatever it is who's there to 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 help nobody and and so the best teams that play that switching style or that drop style tend to have great help defense and right now the Suns just uh, are are slipping up in that regard we've seen a lot of it and if bridges and crowder can just get back to what they're normally doing maybe we don't talk about it anymore maybe it's just a matter of failing a couple times against brooklyn against charlotte to make it work who knows but it's a need and it's either a need of adjustments internally or a player from outside the organization and tonight i'm just definitively saying it i'm not going to beat around the bush or wonder or think that's what this team needs and we'll see if they can if they can do that They can reposition and rethink the defense a bit to get that or if they go out and try to target it via trade. But otherwise, I think it's going to burn them, especially against players like this. And I bet you we will see it again this season. All right, guys, that's it for me tonight. 124-121 again. Suns lose just the third time in 15 games, so not much to be disappointed by. I will be back to recap, think about this team a little more, this stretch that they're on, this run that they've been on all of February with a mailbag. So if you have any questions, you can shoot them via Twitter. My email is in my Twitter bio, whatever version or platform you prefer. Until then, have a great Thursday.